You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Now, I want to start by making some clarification, and um, it's a new year, calendrical new year, amen? And um, our desire and prayer to God is for the year to bring glorious things for us, amen? For us to have marvelous things happen for us, amen? For us to have, you know, prayers answered, you know, just wonderful, wonderful things happen for us in this new year in Jesus' name. However, none of these things will be because of number two or number zero or number four. Hello? No, God doesn't work like that. God does not deal with what time. God deals with when time. Praise God. So it's not the number in the year. It is the interaction with God in this new year that will make the difference. Praise the Lord. Because if it is number, then it will be universal. And the truth is this, the way time is read, some time ago we learned how times and seasons come about. It's circulation, it's just round and round. The earth is not traveling anywhere. Praise God. So if you were traveling, you say we are closer somewhere than before, but we are not traveling. It's revolving. So someone can say it's revolved now, now is no, no. There is nothing in the 2, there is nothing in the 0, there is nothing in the 20, there is nothing in the 24, there is nothing. But God says I will do a new thing, isn't it? So we lift our eyes to him and we want to see better, we want to draw closer to him. So certain things we can be sure in amongst others that God does new things, wonderful things for us. Number one, because the due season has come. Let me say due season. Due season is not a, you know, is not you count five hours. No. Due season is due season. Let's look at Galatians 6, 9, and 10 as we lay the background. It says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. Praise the Lord. Let us not grow weary in what? Why? It says, for in due season, what is going to happen? And this year will be due season for somebody. In the, yes, this year I know will be due season for somebody, for some persons. Amen? And such persons will not grow weary in the name of Jesus Christ. No, they won't. 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Okay, thank you. Okay? Another scripture I want to put, you know, just to put side by side with that is First Peter 5, 6. So you understand the functioning of God. It's going to be due season. And I want it to be due season for me. I pray it's due season for you as well. Amen? First Peter 5, 6. What does it say? Let's read it, everyone. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That what will happen? He may exalt you when? In due time. We pray that that due time will be this year. Amen? Yes, that's our focus. We are looking at God who makes all things, what? Beautiful in its time. He makes it beautiful. And I'm trusting and praying he will make marvelous, wonderful things. Beautiful in your life in Jesus' name. Another reason we can be sure that things are going to done is that God 
You see, God is the owner. God is the creator. God is the sustainer of heavens and earth. In the beginning, my father, your father, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, as the earth runs and, you know, as men and women and as people live, from time to time, God intervenes to adjust and correct misconceptions. And that is where I have strong confidence concerning our nation, Nigeria, that God will do a correction of misconceptions. Amen? That it will be known that the Most High rules in the affairs of men. Daniel 4.16. So God will intervene because of the necessity to maintain his control and supremacy over all his creation. Daniel 4.16. Let his heart be changed. Okay, just, just give it to me down to where it says this is by the decree of the watchers. He said, let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. He said, this decision is what? By the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones. In order, let's read that part together. In order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of man. Gives it to whomever he will and sets over the world. The Lord, so there will be interventions, whether there is election, whether whatever it is is called, there will be interventions that God will reclaim and readjust everybody's thinking to know that He is what God alone, and besides Him, there is no other. Praise God. You know the story what happened then. Nebuchadnezzar was like a God, but for seven years they took children to go and look at Him in the zoo. And everybody knew, oh, Nebuchadnezzar is not God. Nebuchadnezzar, that was the greatest news for seven years. Because for ages, it was Nebuchadnezzar was a God. But God did it that they didn't hide him. They kept him where, you know, people would go and look. And they see him, oh, see him. I can see something that looks like him there. God will intervene in his world. Amen? Okay. Amongst other things, I'm just giving us this because I'm going somewhere. But the one that I want us to look at this morning, which... I can, I can say it's applicable and beneficial or will be beneficial to every one of us, is that the most important thing is that God will do wonderful, glorious new things in our lives by reason of increased cooperation with him. Praise the Lord. By what? Reason because I'm going to cooperate with him what? Better. I can be sure that I will also benefit what from him more. Is that clear enough? Praise the Lord. You see, God, we must understand, says, I am the Lord and what? I change not. So if the Lord does not change and I don't change, then you can expect that nothing will change as it is. But because he's the Lord and he does not change, then I can be sure that if I change to be closer to him, what will happen? There will be better things. Praise the Lord. You see, you set out on a journey from Abuja to Lagos. Okay? And as long as you're making progress in the right direction to Lagos, even if you're going on foot, every day you wake up and continue on that journey. You know what is going to happen? You're going to be closer to Lagos than you were when you started. It's the same thing. God does not change. So because this year, you listening to me, you online, you're going to draw closer to God than last year, then I can be sure that your life will be better. Praise God. I can assure you that. 
wonderful, marvelous things will happen in your life. Amen? So how is this going to happen? Cooperation is going to come because we're going to know him better. And when we know him better, we are now able to fit in and flow with his plans for his world, most importantly. Okay? And when we do that, we also position ourselves at the same time for his blessings. We saw when we learned about God's purpose that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God what? Prepared beforehand that we should what? That we should walk in it. What is all of that? God has finished the work that in Christ there will be glory. Now, at any point you and I identify and surrender to his counsel and purpose, what happens immediately is that God locates you in that eternal plan. And as you follow it, what you're going to be seeing, like the Bible says, that the path of the just one is as a shining light. What does it do? It shines brighter and brighter. It is the path of the just that shines brighter, not the path of everybody. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that there is a way that seemed right to a man, but the end word is destruction. So it's not every path that is brighter. It's the path of the just. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the wicked who, being often reproved, hardens his neck. He says he shall be destroyed. What? That suddenly. So it's important we understand that. It's the path of the just that is going to shine brighter. You know, part of, I don't know it was uh, Pastor Julius or who, or whether it was part of what we're to look at. In the book of Revelation, towards the end of the year, God was, he says, where he says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is, you know, wise, let him be wise still. Why is he saying that? He says, it's your choice. Praise the Lord. It's your choice. So last year, you were an adulterer. You come into this year, continue to be an adulterer. You're just one year closer to judgment. Praise the Lord. No, God hasn't changed. He's the same. But if you change, you escape that judgment. Okay? Last year, like we also said, you were loving and serving the Lord. This year, you continue loving and serving the Lord. You're one year closer to your reward. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, by cooperation with him, and that's what we want to do, that's what we want to begin to look at this morning. I'm sure we will never not be able to complete that. But just uh, to give us a background, come with me to First Samuel chapter 1. We have the account of a man named Elkanah, okay? And this man, the Bible says, I, I want to paraphrase Aaron, and the Bible says he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children, okay? This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, let's read seven together, please. So it was year by what? Year by year, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. What we see here is a cycle. Okay? It's a cycle. So every time it was time for sacrifice, the husband loved her, would give her double. The husband gave Penina, you know, just the precise amount for herself and the children. And then Penina will provoke Hannah 
And then Hannah will do what? Will weep and then not eat. Then cry and go back home. Then the next year, what is going to happen? The same cycle. But cycles are broken in your life today in the name of Jesus. Because something will change. Insight will come. Light will come. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, so year by year, that was what it was. Then verse 8. Elkanah, her husband, will say to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah, in this particular year, rose, arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, okay? But will give your maidservant a male child. That's what you've been asking for all the while, isn't it? So up to this point, Hannah is saying the same thing she had always said. But this is what changes. It says, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Let me say something new introduced. Something new introduced. If she had not made the statement, she would have just said what she had been saying. We're not told how long, but if Penina had sons and daughters, that means she had more than one son. She had more than one daughter, isn't it? And Hannah was the first one. So even if it's two sons, two daughters, we're talking about at least seven, eight years to give time for, you know, giving birth. So for eight years, she had been saying the same thing, doing the same thing, crying the same cry, and going back to the same scenario, situation. But this particular year, something happened. What was it that happened? The account here in this particular chapter of the Bible tells us something here. It tells us in verse 3, it says, this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrificed to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And they imputed an information there. It says, the two sons of Eli were there. Now, what they were telling us was this. There was a vacancy in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. When they said the two sons of Eli, they were referring to something about those boys. Now, we know those boys were bad. They were really bad. They were terrible boys, okay? So, heaven agenda was, we need a replacement. This man is getting old. What do we do? Now, every time Hannah will go to the house of the Lord, she will cry, give me a son, so that Penina will stop paining me. It was a genuine request, but it was a request founded, originating from the earth, and ending in the earth. The people in heaven had no part in her request. Are you with me? They had no part. They had no interest. Nothing in that request would the angels run to God and say, God, something is about to happen. Yes, something may happen on earth and we'll do naming ceremony and we'll rejoice. Your wedding will take place. All of that. And that is genuine because God is our father. Amen? But most importantly, we see here that when this woman identified that there is a need in heaven, I can tie my need on earth with the need in heaven. The moment she did it, that was when it became a new year. I say you will do something this year that will make it a new year for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, 
what she did was on the foundation of knowledge. I'm still going somewhere. It was on the foundation of knowledge. Knowledge of God and knowledge of the situation and the circumstances she had found herself in. Now, if you're here and you're a businessman and, you know, whatever it is you do, I am sure that as you wait on the Lord and as you are sensitive to the Spirit of God, He will tell you and show you and, you know, bring you into things that are burdens in the heart of the Lord. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ teaching us the Lord's Prayer, He said we should pray in this manner. Our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name, okay? It means that the first prayer and most important prayer God wants to answer is that his name will be hallowed. Am I right? It means that if you find a situation and a circumstance, an environment where the name of the Lord is not being hallowed, if you identify with solving that problem or being a vessel through which the name of the Lord be hallowed, you have begun to see what Hannah saw. With me, so it's not God bless me because they're insulting me. If they insult you, you're in good company. They insulted Jesus, who was the Son of God. So who are you? Praise the Lord. Or they're not picking my cause. You know, somebody said if you call somebody, that this year God will bless you so that if you call somebody once, they return your call four times. Not that you call the person four times, he doesn't return once. That means you're broke. But when you call once and they return four times. He said, that's the type of blessing that God will bless you this year. How many want that type of blessing? <laughs> Not that you'll be calling then, you know, finally, when you disturb the person, he'll now answer. He said, I was busy. There are people that when they call you, you run out of any busy you are. Because you know that call carries something. May God promote you to that level. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so, so there is knowledge. This is, you know, knowledge. I remember at the crossover, God was speaking to us that this year we have to believe his word. Okay? And, and there's a progression that he wants us to make. And that progression, I trust that the Holy Spirit will help us make it. Thank God, you know, today is our communion service. So I, I trust that the Spirit of God knows exactly what he's doing. We, we want to make a progression. And if you're taking notes, take this note. We will explain it and break it down, you know, as God permits us. Believe is the first step. Today that believe on the Lord, to them he gave what? The power to become sons of God. Believe is the first thing. The first interaction we have with the spiritual world is belief. That's why it's by faith. So believe, I just believe. Why do you believe? I don't know, I just believe. Okay? So the day you gave your life to Christ, the day you got born again, you just heard the word and believed and ran and surrendered your life to Jesus. But the thing about that is this. Believing is the beginning. It's not the end. Now, believing is not just also the beginning. You continue to believe until the end. Okay? But when you believe, something must now follow the belief. Praise the Lord. I'm going to break it down for you. In John chapter 8, verse 30, our Lord Jesus Christ was speaking. And he says, as he spoke these words, what happened? Many believed in him. And I can almost vouch for everyone listening to me here that you believe in him. Am I right in my vouching for you? That you believe in him. Okay? Praise God. But come with me to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, something happened there. Our Lord Jesus had been speaking from verse 60. He now began to say something. And when he said what he said, what was he saying? He was talking about communion. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And when he said that, the church emptied. 
Everybody packed. So the way you're coming now, I know many of us will look forward to communion service, okay? So that you can come and partake of his broken body and drink of his shed blood, isn't it? Now, the first time he told them that you're going to partake of my broken body and my shed blood, look at what the Bible says. They heard this and they left. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained. Who are the people that complained? His disciples, which means they had gone far from believing. I want you to see something there. Praise God. They had gone far. These were not unbelievers. These were not Pharisees. These were not Sadducees. I think it was at the crossover that we established that believing is fundamental. It is important. But notice that when we say a congregation of those who only believe, demons are there as well. Praise God. So believing is the beginning and we continue to believe. But I can't make a badge. You know, like people say, I got born again. That's not an information. If what you're doing now is not in line with somebody who is born again, don't tell me I got. That means you got and got and went. Praise the Lord. Our people have a saying, say, I get and before. No be property. Okay? So believing is fundamental, but you continue. Because in that believing, demons are there. But we see here that the disciples who believed and had been privileged by the Holy Spirit to be called disciples. I want you to see that complained about this and he said to them does this offend you continue please we're going down to 69 so just follow he said what then if you should see the son of man ascend where he was before it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that i speak to you are spirit and they are life 64 he said but there are some of you who do not believe for jesus knew from the beginning who there were who did not believe who would betray him okay and he said, therefore, I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to me by my father. Just quickly. From that time, many, many, can you see that word? Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Just stay, stay on this. You know, one of the things that we are told about the last days is that many will fall away. Praise God. Many who were in the faith. Many who were Christians, many who came to church, many who agreed will now begin to disagree. He says from that time, many of his disciples, if many left, what stayed? Sorry? Few. Thank you. I want you to get that very important. So many left and walked within no more, 67, 68, 69. Then Jesus said to the 12, note this attitude. Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Now, listen to this for some of us here who are, or someone listening to me who is a pastor or who is a leader anywhere. Now, notice that the normal reaction would have been if many left, you adjust your message so that many will return. Do you know that many places in a bid to feed the goats, we have driven away the sheep? Many congregations are designed to make the goats comfortable. And the sheep are uncomfortable. Okay. Do you also want to go away? What kind of leader is this? Thank God it's Jesus. Pastor, you don't want members. He wants sheep. He said, my sheep know my. What is the point of carrying goats that don't know your voice? Wolf will come and eat them at the end of the day. And then you now feel bad. 
He said to them, do you also want to go? He didn't say, don't go, don't go. Just be patient with me. He said, do you also want to what? Go away. And what was Peter's answer quickly? Because of time 68. He says, but Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Simon Peter didn't answer and say, Lord, preach on. Simon Peter answered and said, hmm, I would have gone, but to whom shall we go? He said, you have the words. You see, you must understand Christianity. A lot of people don't understand Christianity. And unfortunately for this generation that are coming up, a lot of things you're being exposed to is not Christianity. Just doing, as we're singing and praising God this morning, I was just thinking and remembering, you know, as a young Christian, maybe 20, when I say young Christian now, I'm talking of 25, 26 years ago, you know, how when the believers gathered, there is a competition to impress God. So we would have services, people would drop their cars and go home with transport. People will come before time, service is over, they don't want to go. You know, people are looking for how to love the Lord. Now people are looking for how to obtain from the Lord and from one another. And you're wondering, how did we get here? Because we have started attending to many. We are more interested in the many, trying to appease them. So there's no genuine love. There's no interaction with the true God. Listen to me, brethren. You see, every word of God, we've said it at the crossover. Give attention to the word this year. And anything you pick up, thank God for prayer. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That parable that says the kingdom of God is like treasure, which a man found hidden in a field. And for joy over it, he went and sold how many things? He sold everything. That parable does not describe the generation of Christians we have now. You know that? If it's not convenient, they're not coming. If it's not palatable, they won't listen. If it's not trending, they won't share. <laughs> are you listening to me? He said, for joy over the treasure. First of all, he said they hid it and then went and sold all they had. And then came and bought it. Do you think after they bought it, their joy reduced? No, their joy continued. It was a generation that nobody had to encourage you to seek the Lord. It was a generation that when you came and your brother quoted a scripture or prayed a scripture you didn't know, you will increase your Bible study. But now, if somebody quotes, you say, don't mind him, you know, you look at his hair. You're quoting scripture, sister, so-so, sister, whatever, but your hair is a Peruvian, my own is Brazilian. You measure other areas where you are classing. Besides, who should blame you when pastors are measured on prosperity? My house, my church, my car is bigger than yours. Okay? So, Simon Peter said, you have the words of what? Words of what? Do you know what you're saying? He didn't say you have blessed us. So, you know Peter at the point said, okay, to. we have left all and what? At this point, Peter was not talking about you have given me breakthrough. You see, the point is this. What I sense is that many of us haven't begun well. You know, there's a, I think my wife told me, my mother-in-law said, he said, Ofofu, Asobodoro, this one. That's, it means it didn't cook well. You know, when something is not well cooked, okay, it, salt won't solve the problem. Pepper won't solve the problem. Are you getting me? And some of them, even if you go back to cook, can't cook again. He said, if the foundation be destroyed, what can what? The right, there's such wrong foundations that when people give their lives to Christ now, 
and they share with them this is what it means to be born again. They first, do you have any question? They say, uh, can you give me 5,000 naira? You got born again and they told you this is what happened. That means you didn't get this born again we are talking about. Praise the Lord, somebody. No, no, it's not this. He said, okay. He says, so you have the words of what? Words of eternal life. Know that. Now, this is where we're going for this study. He says, also, read 69 with me. Also, he says, we have come to what? We have come to what? We have come to what? Believe one side. And what? Uh-huh. 36 states and say, pastor, no, they leave this matter. No, it's just for teaching purposes. We have come to believe, full stop. And what? No. When you put the two together, they are completely a different thing. If he had just come to believe, he can unbelieve. But you see, there is something about what you know. And as we are meditating on this, the Lord said to me, this is like marriage. You see, when you are marrying somebody, you say, this is my wife, I love her, I know all of that, this is my husband. At that point, you are in the state of believing. After the marriage, when you say, I do, you get into knowing. It is in that knowing that the Bible says, husbands, dwell with your wives with what? Uh, Study how you back up this belief. The other one, you're excited. Now you go to school, take pen and paper. Say, "Eh, this woman, if a lot drops in her account, she smiles. So she's not smiling. It's not because I've gone shorter or I have gray hair. It's been long, a lot dropped. You become a scientist. Praise the Lord, somebody. Knowing, you know, takes it a different dimension from believing. Hallelujah. I still with me this morning. The same way with men. Okay, you've gotten married. Also, because everywhere the Bible talks about marriage, it talks to both. When it says, you know, wives submit to your husbands, the Bible also says submitting to one another. So it's both ways. Very important you understand that. So husbands dwell with your wives with understanding. Wives also what? Dwell with your husbands with understanding. I've said it here, if you like, hear it or not. If you're a woman and you want to make neck like a man, they will break that neck for you. I won't break it too. Our men won't break it, but somebody will break it. If they don't break it in the house, they'll break it outside. The place of the woman is the place of entreaty. A woman does not command a man. A woman entreats a man. The power you have is you, you style. Do you understand? There's a way you talk to a man. That's why secretaries most times challenge madams for their husbands. Because secretary never shouts at the man. But because this man is your husband, you have seen him finish. You talk to him anyhow. The more you do that, the more in his eyes, you're no longer that one he should protect. The anointing on the man is to protect the woman. But a woman that insults the man breaks out of that protection. Are you with me? Very important. Okay? So, anyway, that's for marriage seminar. Okay. So, I said, let's just leave this one here. Let's go back to John 8. You're seeing something now. John 8, 30. So, it says, as he spoke these words, what happened? Many believed in him. Now look at 31 and 32. You see the transition our Lord Jesus expects of us. Then Jesus said to the Jews who what? Who believed in him. If you abide in my word. If you abide. So I want you to follow me here. I want you to take it step by step. We're not in a hurry. 
This morning is the first Sunday, so let's lay foundations, okay? Jesus said to the Jews who believed in what? In him. So they were already in a place, okay? That come up the first step. And why does he say to those who already believe, if you? If is conditional, isn't it? If not, something else will happen. So he said to those who had come up to that level, if you abide. I like the way King James puts it. If you continue in my word. He says, it is then thy word. You're my disciples indeed. Anytime you say the Bible used indeed, it means that it can be in waste. The Bible says, let love be without hypocrisy. He said, love indeed. So you can be disciples on the surface. Jesus is saying that if you continue in my word, then what will happen? You will become satisfied, original, not China-made disciples. Are you with me? And what is going to happen when you get there? 31, it says what? That's where Peter got to. I wanted to explain to you. Peter had come to know the truth. And he said the thing about the truth is that even the word says the truth is bitter, isn't it? That saying is in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's in the world. But why doesn't the world like to hear the truth? It's like asking me. Bitter cola is bitter. And it's good for my voice. It's good for my health. You know, garden egg is... I don't eat garden egg. How many of us know? It's too bitter for me. That's how, how much of a small boy I am. Okay? It's bitter. I would rather take, you know, cake, meat pie, milo. Pray for me so I can become old like you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But why do we make those choices? The truth is bitter, but we know the truth is the truth. Okay? So Peter, when Peter said, to whom shall we go? He was saying, this is the truth. Now, maturity is when you, when you, when you, when I get to the point where I choose the truth, even though it is bitter. And many of us haven't matured. Many of us, or rather, not haven't matured. Many of us need to mature more. I want to ask you, or rather not ask you, recommend to you. Next time somebody says something and you get angry, okay? After you have done repenting, you know, from anger, because the Bible says anger rests in the bosom of fools, right? So whatever be the case, you shouldn't be angry. After you have done, you know, come down from your anger, ask yourself what this person said. Is it the truth? Did you hear me? After you have gotten angry, just ask yourself, is it the truth? If it's the truth, grow that day so that if such a thing is said to you again, even if you don't smile, just swallow it. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Okay? So there's a knowing that is necessary. There's a progression that brings us to knowing the truth. And this morning, you know, this is our first Sunday of the year. Because of time, I want to quickly get to where, you know, God impressed on me that I should share with us. Okay? So all, all we're doing is I'm trying to lay foundation. And this is about the two-dimensional, or rather, knowledge of God. You know, thank God for the Bible. And thank God that we're in a generation where the Bible is not available only to clergy. There were generations that you couldn't have the Bible to read. So it's only what they told you. And some, you know, gatherings are there. They take a passage of the Bible and read to them. Okay? But you have the Bible. I bet everyone here with a smartphone has about 40 or 50 Bible translations. When you read the Bible, there are some things that the Bible says about God that is not heard. Whereas for me to know something, I must have some idea 
I must have some idea of his measurements and dimensions. Now, God is multidimensional. God is beyond, you know, knowledge. The Bible talking to us about the love of God, saying that you may know the length, the width, the depth, and the breadth of the love of God. Which one is beyond comprehension? It's beyond that. But the one we can know, let us do what? Let us know. Okay? So, the two dimensions of God that we have ignored, and it hasn't helped us. Come with me to Romans 11. That's something we must know this year. Something I must know what? Say, pastor, you must know it this year. Say to your neighbor, you must know this this year. Romans eleven twenty two, please. And maybe we'll start from message translation. It says, make sure you stay alert. So these qualities, read that, I can't hear you. Let's read that. Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exist side by side in God. Can we take that again? Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exist side by side in God. He said, ruthless with the dead wood, gentle with the grafted shoot, but don't presume on his gentleness. The moment you become dead wood, you're what? Out of there. Brothers and sisters, this truth is hidden by many, many preachers, I mean. And it's costing us. It's costing our generation. It's costing our faith. It's costing the advancement of God's kingdom, even in our lives. You know, some time ago here, I mean, it's not personal. I didn't even know who sang the song. Daddy, where they pamper is not this God. When a daddy pampers a child, what you get is a spoiled brat. Do you get me? It's all right for the mother to pamper, but daddies don't pamper. The Bible says, fathers, train up. That word train is discipline. I was reading about a man, a preacher, old man now. He said there was a time his father took the dog chain and collar and removed it from his dog and put on him and tied him up. He said he can trust the dog to be where he should be than you and went to work. The person who wrote this is a preacher now. Do you understand? If daddies don't discipline, we spoil. My dad beat me once and only once. I didn't need the second one. I'm not saying you should go and beat your child. Okay? You shouldn't. But my daddy beat me. And that beating, he gave me sense. Let me tell you what happened. We had one of our cousins living with us. And um, I'd heard the story, you know, you know how you hear it was just after the Civil War. And we had this cousin living with me. I think the parents died, you know, in the Civil War, something like that. And incidentally, his name was Samuel. And the little of Sunday school I knew, they said Samuel, I didn't even know that he was a miracle child. You know, I, that's how stupid I was. So we're quarreling. And I can't remember, you know, quarrel. And I just sort of said, look at you. At least my father gave birth to me. You, they begged you from... My dad came out from his room, brought out his belt. This buckle here is small. The belt of those days, this is how the buckle was. This man beat me, eh? Since that day, even if you're a gate man, you and I are equal. I don't forget that beating. He beat sense. He beat respect for human beings to me. I don't say, look at that one. I can't even say, you see, the thing has entered me. My father loves me, but... That beating was necessary because a coin doesn't have one side. 
Are you getting me? The discipline is necessary. It's saying knowing therefore, we can go to King James, the goodness and severity of God. The reason most of us, our lives are the way they are is because we believe in only the goodness. That's the challenge we believe in. You don't know. Because if you believe, you see the man every time. Some of us, when you grow up and you're growing up, you don't enter the kitchen. So when you see me, have you seen a beef before it was cooked? Cooked beef, especially grilled one. The color is so attractive. Have you seen uncooked beef? The truth is that if I had to cook beef, I wouldn't eat it. And that's why I don't eat fish. Because I used to see fish that my dad bought. Raw fish. And the thing is doing like this. So when they put it in the plate, the fish is cooked. But in my mind, it would do like this. <laughs> That's why I don't eat fish. The, the simple truth. You know, it would just do like this. It remind me of a snake. I said, I don't want to eat. Okay? The goodness. We believe in the goodness. We believe in the goodness. We believe. You know, all the songs. People love songs about the goodness of God. Oh, one person even sang and said the reckless love of God. God cannot be reckless. His love is abounding. His love knows no bound, but is never reckless. Okay? Because it is this incomplete, insufficient, unbalanced knowledge of God that is making many of us, our lives, to be where they are. You know something that God said you should do. You know something that God said you shouldn't do. You can't do the one he said you shouldn't do. And then you're planning to come and say to him, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. You see, you won't do that to your friend. You won't even do that to a blind friend. You have a blind friend that when he enters his house, he likes you to say, this is who came in. Then you come into the house, you tiptoe and say, yeah. You won't do that because you know he doesn't want that to be done. And when you do that, what do you get? He'll be displeased, isn't it? He's going to respond and say, why did you do that? You know, uh, again, I've told you don't do that. I don't like it. Now God says, don't do something. You wake up, you dress up to go and do it. You don't know God. You don't know this God. You have believed in a lie. You know you can believe in a lie. But you can't know a lie. Once you know something, you know the truth. You either don't know it or you know it. Many of us have believed in a lie. God is just good. God is just good. God is the goodest that there can be. Are you hearing me? God, this our God, is the goodest. Is that English in the Bible? They need to add it. Not best. God is the goodest. Are you hearing me? God is good. He's good. That's how good is. But also, in the same God, God is bad. Not bad. Bad. God is the baddest. You don't want to try him. <laughs> you see, if you know this, life will be easy for you. I'm telling you. We, we've installed traffic lights here, right? And you still see how some people break it. Sometimes, you know, depending, I also may just, you know, break it. I understand there's going to be a fine. But when I travel abroad and the traffic light is showing red, sorry, green there, I start stopping in case it will change to red. You see, because I am here with a visitor's visa and I don't want to go to the embassy next day. And they say, what problem did you have with the police? And I have to explain to them that the light was almost changing and I thought it was not changing. And then when I came to pass, it changed. So I know it's just that the consequences on this side, there's a beg now. On this side, there's not a beg now. 
So that mentality is what has kept our Christianity where it is. Everybody believes God is good, but nobody believes the severity of God. Meanwhile, he's the same. He doesn't hide the other side. You're going to see as we come to the communion. See how the two sides are there. You know, some people say, oh, oh, my wife loves me. Whatever I do, she'll accept me. Then you don't know. You don't know what love is. She doesn't love you because love comes with jealousy. Praise the Lord. Oh, no. If you get to the moment where you go do whatever you want, and when you come back, your wife will just smile and say, uh, uh, whatever they call you, Joe, Joe, welcome. What will you eat? And they serve you food. Don't think it's love. You have been disowned. They're treating you your welfare case. When they go to motherless babies home, they don't ask the child, did you do your assignment? You just give them food to eat. That's where you are. You don't think you're smart. Don't think you have gotten so big that the woman is... She's bothered asking about... As far as she's concerned, you have died, you're buried. She's running her heavenly race. Oh, you think I'm such a bad guy. You tell your friends, don't worry. Ah, my wife, even if she sees lipstick on my dress, you have been disowned. The woman has done your barrier. She's just running her own race. You think you're smart. No. <laughs> if you're not there, she will come out when they call widows. It said, consider now the goodness and severity. The two are together. Let me show you another scripture. 2 Corinthians 5. That's why we need to read up. How many of us have meditated on this scripture? You see, when I got born again newly, you know, that's why I said foundation matters. When I got born again newly, I didn't even know somebody took note of it. But those were the days of 090 and the fire number. How many of us remember fire? The numbers they call fire. Those one-way numbers. Numbers that they clone and then people use, you make calls. Fire line thing. Uh-huh. So it was, you know, I was living in Nigeria State then. It was prevalent everywhere. You know, you want to make calls, you go, you pay them a token, and then a call that would have been 300 naira per minute, you probably pay 20 naira per minute and use. When I got born again, I needed to make some calls. And, you know, I went with my brother. I said, no, no, don't you have the regular one I'll pay for? And they thought I was crazy because the fire line... As far as anybody was concerned, you know, when you call with Fireline, the bill goes to either an MPC or, you know, one of those organizations. They hook it to some organizations, the bill. What's the problem? You know, just use it and pay. No, I said I can't use it. Did I have money to throw away? No, I didn't have money to throw away. But you know what? I felt that if I use Fireline, God will see me and be displeased with me. So I didn't. I never used it. It cost me more. I didn't even take it as anything. It was my brother that said, he knows I'm born again now. As at that time, in fact, I used to think because I'd fasted three days nonstop in that period. So I was thinking my fasting is what will make them know that I'd become born again. My fasting didn't make anybody know I'm born again. You can be sick and not eat. When people have, uh, what, what is it called, hangover, they don't eat. So not eating is not a big deal. You know, some people, as the year is beginning now, they're just waiting for pastor to call 21 day fast. The fast I'm calling is fear God. You can be fasting and be a thief. You can be fasting and cheating everybody. You can be fasting and not paying those who work for you. Do you understand? We've taken religion to hide. Some people are waiting for the, what are we going to call the year? The, the day they called last year, what is it to you? I just, please, you people forgive me, Okay. Because I'm not your convert. They didn't pick me from Bible school. So I don't know how to practice professional pastoring. 
So I've not declared to you this is the year of whatever. When I read it, I say, where are these people getting this thing from? Right? I read the Bible. Where did Peter come and tell the disciples, this year now, the Lord is saying that this year is this year of this for you. From where to where? From where to where? Which, where you find them from? Show me now. Okay? So fasting didn't make them know. Nothing. It's until people know that you fear God. Not even for them. If you really meet God, hallelujah. You see, I don't know how to break this down. But it's so strong in my spirit because I know if you get it, it will change your life. You're here looking at me now. I don't know what's up with you. You don't know what's up with me. We see ourselves clothed. You know, we are nice. We put makeup and all of that. You know, some of you, if I see without makeup, I won't recognize you. But it's all right. You know, the love of God covers a multitude of makeup. You know, it's, it's okay. But we look at that. But the issue is this. The God we are talking about. How do you know him? I know you believe in him. Do you know his severity? That's what will explain somebody who will be in church for seven years and be still be in fornication. I want to ask you, is there a location for fornication you can block out God? I know you can block out Wi-Fi, you can block out different... Is there a place for fornication that you can be removing clothes and shut out God? So how can you do it? You don't know God. Praise the Lord. The goodness... Yeah, people believe God is good. God loves me. No matter what I do. Who to- which Bible are you reading that from? Where did you read that God loves you no matter what you do? When Jesus, God, said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That you may abide in my love. He said, as I have abided in my father's love by keeping his commandments. And then a preacher will stand and tell you. And you will shout, yeah, go preach it. You know, many years ago, God said to me, don't worry yourself. The problem that is there is delinquent pastors with delinquent congregations. They match each other. They deserve each other. People who don't want the truth and people who don't want to say the truth, you say they collaborate very well. How can somebody tell you that I believe? God is so good, it doesn't matter. You know, just wave your hand and tell him I love you and, you know, all will be gone. Who did he deal with on that basis? Now, the beautiful thing about this, brothers and sisters, is this. When you know this goodness and this severity, okay? It's unfortunate we're dwelling a bit more on the severity. When you know this goodness and this severity, it's not just, you know, the side of you. You know that you have no reason to fear anybody. That's when you begin to understand that it says you are the apple of God's eyes. That's when you begin to understand that if you're walking, you don't have to keep checking your back. That's when you need to know that you don't need to fight your enemies. What you need to do for your enemies is pray for them. Because when God starts dealing with your enemies, even you go beggar. Do you understand? If every day you get up, you're fighting your enemies, you don't know the severity of God. God with his own children. Ha! He's God. God is passionate. Our Lord Jesus Christ says he's clothed with zeal as a cloak. You don't want to bother. You don't want to waste time thinking what they are plotting against. Somebody is in an office and people. No, just keep pursuing. Keep aligning with the goodness of God. Those who don't want his goodness are applying for his severity and he will deliver. He will supply them very well. It's not your part. I want to show you some things because our time is going and you know, I pray that you come on Wednesday so that we can you know, have time to dig into this. I'm seeing my time is so gone but just to bring something very important that will help you. Because as we're looking at this, some people are still doubting, you know, can this, you know, really be God? I want to make a reference which we'll look at more on, on Wednesday. Come with me to Matthew 16. 
we know Peter, you know, officially was the, um, the leader of the disciples, right? Since he was, was the one that spoke in John 6, 69 that we looked at. Do you know one of the things that qualified Peter to be the leader of the disciples? I mean, he did a lot of things that many of them didn't He walked on water. He did all of that. But one of the things that Peter had was that Peter knew the goodness and severity of God. And I want to show you that. Come with me to Matthew 16, 17. Because our Lord Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered. Then he asked them, who do you say that I am? And while they were speaking, okay, Peter answered and said, thou the Christ, the Son of the living God. And 17 is what our Lord Jesus answered. Let's read what our Lord Jesus answered and said to Peter. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So, what is this? Jesus said, Peter, I'm so excited. You're blessed, Peter. Right? Now, six verses, that's 17 plus 3, 23. The same Peter, the same Jesus, most likely the same day. But he turned, who is he here? Jesus. And said unto who here? I say to you, thou Peter, Peter. Now, what does he say to him? He said, get thee behind me. Who? So, the Peter that the Father revealed through. The Peter that said, on this your revelation, I will build my church. The same Jesus who does not change. Remember, we started by saying, God what? Does not change. Say now to the same Peter, you are Satan. Get behind me. May you know God. May we know God. Jesus made a pamper. Did he pamper Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me. How can you say that to Peter? Did Peter that said you are the Christ? What, did you forget the niceness of Peter? The goodness and severity of God. When Peter got it right, there was excitement. There was elation. Jesus was elated. Oh, wow. When he got it wrong. He didn't behave like many of us that will see something bad and will turn, waiting for pastor only to address it. He didn't do that. He said, you're offense to me for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. He believed Peter. Did Jesus not love Peter? He loved him. He loved him. The goodness. The God you know, does he have just one side? These are the things that help you. This is what Job understood. You know, some people try to teach other people that Job said, shall we accept good from God and not accept bad? That Job was in lack of faith. No, Job understood because, you see, I, that's why I say we don't have time. When you understand the goodness of God, it brings you to a place. And I wish the Spirit of God would help you to understand this. It was breaking it down to me. Because God is so good, do you understand? If I am in his uh, plan and in his counsel, I mean, his, you know, peace and goodwill to men of, uh, how does that scripture say? Peace and goodwill towards men. Okay. Because of the goodness of God, let me try and take it again. When you are in line walking with the Lord, okay, if something looks like it is bad happening to you, and you fall on your knees, and you see the goodness, and know this God that said to Moses, and the Lord, the Lord God, abounded in what? Goodness and mercy. You know what it means? 
it takes that bad experience you're having and tells you that it is working something that you will finally realize that it is good. Is somebody getting in You see, it's just like, okay, Holy Spirit, thank you. You know, the days when we used to travel a lot, you get on the road and at some point you have some issues with the policeman. And then one policeman is just mean and, you know, say, come on, get her back here, bring your paper, we will finish you today. Then another one comes and says, okay, you're a gentleman, you know. All this thing that is happening here is not necessary. I want you to take your paper and go, okay? Both of them are pursuing the same thing. Now the money will go drop. Amongst the policemen, they are not good. There is no good amongst them. It's the principle of good call, bad call. They are both calls. This one is trying to use pressure. This one is trying to use appeasement. They want to meet at the point where you bring out money and give them. Both of them will share. They have, the one that is speaking nicely to you doesn't love you. The one that is shouting also doesn't love you, but it's coming from that direction. But when you understand God, it's like when you go to a hospital. Somebody's in the hospital, and the doctor says, no, 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 what are we going to do? They inject, you know, they put it, they put it, they, they, they search on court. Is the search on bad? That's what we're talking about, right on your feet. When you get that understanding, you know that when you get into anything that's doing to you, sometimes you see the nurses. And they even have to call male nurses to hold, say, hold him down, hold him down. Why are they holding the man down? He's not a criminal. They are holding him down so it can be better for him. There are some times that God puts you in situations that hold you down. Not to punish you, but so that his goodness will be made manifest. I say some of us have been held down, but there's a rising. Oh, Lord, help us. My time is gone. I say, Lord, help us. You know, you know, the Bible talks about those who are trained by difficulties. This is what it means. So I'm going to experience this. Instead of wondering and saying, why is God dealing so severely with me? I say, no, he's a good God. The challenge believers have is one thing. If I say, no, he's a pastor, I can never miss sin. It is sin. Once there is no sin, ah, the glory of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord. And for this year, I think like we began with Anna. God is looking for men and women to use. I'm telling you, in your office in Nigeria, in concerning finances, how much we can do if the righteous had as, as enough, you know, just some little more resources. How the gospel could be spread, you know, how things can be done better, how the truth can be spread. Do you know that you can present your life, present your business, present your career, and say to God, I know just like Hannah, I'm in a generation where Hophni and Phinehas are making a mess of things. I want to offer you an alternative. Is there somebody here saying to the Lord, I want to offer you an alternative because you deserve it. These people are spoiling everything. I want to offer you a life. I want to offer you a head. I want to offer you a... This is me, Lord. Is somebody talking to the Lord this morning? I want to surrender this to you. Lord, you, you are too good to get what men are additional to you. Lord, I want to stand up in my generation. 2024, you have brought me to it. I thank you. But Lord, can you please show me mercy? Can you please enlist me? 
in what you're doing, doing in this generation. Lord, Lord please, please, can, can I be a, a vessel, vessel for you? Can, can I be your dwelling place? place? Can, can I be your palace of praise? Can, can I be under the banner? Can you just find me? Because it breaks my heart. I read what people write. I hear what Christians say. I look at their lives and I say, don't they know God? Which God are they talking about? Somebody say, oh, this and this happened and therefore God has forsaken you. How can God forsake you? Have you been that situation for 10 years? God did not forsake Joseph for all his trials in prison, in Potiphar's house. What did the Bible say? God was with him. God is with you, sir. If you're with him. Oh yes, God is with you. I want you to tell the Lord from your heart. Because this is a, a good time to say, I'm changing the way things are. I want to change completely. Because I won't deceive myself. There are two sides to you. Goodness. Ah, he said, God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love. God is that good. I don't have time to tell you this. I went outside, I don't have time. Take more time. Forgive me. But part of what the Lord ministered to me is this. Which, which I hope we will deal with. He said, if they knew how good I were, they'll be out of their bodies pursuing me. Do you understand? I've seen people get jobs. You know, those days it was with the banks and people will work, 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 work. I had friends those days that got a job with NIB. They will work Saturday, work Sunday, work Christmas, they work because NIB was the highest paying bank then. And they walked it gladly. You know, people get a job with a politician and they abandon their families, they go everywhere, they are ready to fight, they are ready to do everything. Because the man will make them essay from essay to house of rest, from house of assembly to tau, chief tau to whatever. And so they see those prospects and they push themselves. And God is saying, do you know where I can take you? How can you come in contact with this God? And they want to be halfway. I don't understand people who are not zealous for God. I'm telling you the truth. It's a confession. But when I see people who are not zealous for God, I mean, I have my rage. The Bible says, remove the speck in your eye. There are still things I need to do. But how can you know this God? And every morning, afternoon, and night, you're not asking Him. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength, the amount of wings as it goes, right? How can you know this God and you're not saying to Him, Lord, what shall I render? You're not doing that. I don't understand. How can you know this God? I understand, Lord, you have blessed me. Like David said, I cannot be dwelling in panel houses and there's such a need in your house. Isn't this God we are talking about? Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You, you can just, I don't know, maybe place your hand on your chest or raise your hand, whatever. And tell me, Lord, I, I believe in you, but I want to know you. Because I sense that there is ignorance. There is a dangerous ignorance of my past. I can't be doing the things I'm doing if I'm not ignorant. No, no I can't. You won't do some things you do if your mother is by your side. But you do it with God by your side. So your mother is bigger than God. A man makes a promise to you. And you leave everything. And just run, put everything in his hands. And the creator of the universe says to you, that's what Abraham got. He said, get out of your family, out of your kingdom. To the land I will show you, I will bless you. 
God is saying to you this morning, I will bless you. Hallelujah. He's saying 2024. He said, walk with me. I'm blameless. He said, I will bless you. God will bless you. Because you know why? God is the biggest. God is the richest. God is the wisest. God is the strongest. God is the wealthiest. God knows how to connect. God knows how to arrange. God knows how to predetermine. God knows how to make them miss and need your services. God is God and is good. Father, we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Kwarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.